some of the recommendations just don't seem political to me at all. They just seem like common sense, good ideas. And I always talk about the profitability of these farms because you can't argue with a farmer who's got a profitable farm. If you got a profitable farm that isn't hurting the environment and the food is better, what else can you ask for? So I've seen farmers who are quite open to these discussions. It's the legislators that get stuck in a corner, in my corner or your corner. We know from the research that the more fertilizers farmers use, and they're very expensive, and the more fertilizers they use, the worse the soil gets and the more they have to use. So they have this escalating cost. And then the fertilizer runs off and into streams and rivers and into the ocean, et cetera. So they not only pay more, but they lose huge amounts of it into streams and rivers. Welcome to Towards a Kinder Public, a podcast about ways to design kinder public space that better meets our interconnected needs. I'm Kevin Castle, and along with Annie Chen, we are Kinder Public. This is part two of our special civic how-to with climate activist Pamela Tate. It would be just as accurate to say she is a nutrition and healthy food activist, a forest and wildlife conservationist, a wild bird and pollinator advocate, a clean water activist, and a food systems resilience expert. That's just a small sample of how many critical issues the U.S. Farm Bill impacts. As Pamela said in the previous episode, the Farm Bill touches more Americans than any other piece of legislation. So today, Pamela will take us step by step through the method that she uses to reach out to her congressperson and senator to request a meeting with them to advocate for legislative policy that is good for all of us. Pamela shares every step in detail, so you can feel very confident that you know what to expect. If you haven't listened to part one of this conversation, you can return to that episode at any time and get a 101 on farming methods and how these issues are all interconnected. Our YouTube channel has a captioned video with all of this information in visual form as well. So we are really fortunate once again to welcome Pamela Tate, a very accomplished climate activist who is here to tell us step-by-step how to be an advocate for regenerative agriculture and agroforestry in the most important piece of legislation on nutrition, health, and climate issues for Americans, which is the 2023 Farm Bill. Thank you for listening and for sharing your time with us. The big agricultural and chemical interests are lobbying, so we better we better do the same thing, <laughs> you know? Right. You just can't sit by and go, oh, how terrible this all is. You know, you have to decide that you're going to have a voice. So one of the first things that you can do is to learn who represents you, if you don't know, your your congressperson and your senator. And there, I've put in a link here uh, to how you find them. Mm-hmm. You just click on the link, um, and you probably have a way of sharing that link. We will definitely share all of oh, this good. as well as those links. Yes. 
if you click on the link and put in your address, boom, up will come the contact information for your senator and representative. There's one link for the House, one link for the Senate, and it'll ask you to complete a contact form. You click on the contact, you say, I want to meet with so-and-so about, and then it gives you a bunch of choices and you say environment, or if it gives you one on agriculture, click that, and then say that you will call shortly. First do the form, then you call. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is that if you are a constituent, you live in the area covered by the congressman or the senator, they will have somebody meet with you. It'll be a legislative aide, and many times they have legislative aides that are specialists on agriculture or on the farm bill itself. You know, so you may or may not get a um, a knowledgeable person. Sometimes I've talked to people that are literally this is their first farm bill. They they know nothing about it, and others came from farms. Uh, they're quite well-educated in the area. But regardless, uh, it's important to know your legislator's committee assignments. All you have to do is just go to their website. You can get a real feel for them just by looking at the committees they're on, their pet projects, uh, what the record of voting is. Um, I just do that so I have it in my back pocket. I don't ever bring it up usually. And, um, you know, there are like 100 plus people in the agriculture committee and that's the committee that, that produces the draft of the bill that will be voted on this fall. Uh, so, um, you know, if you hit somebody that's on the Ag Committee that lives in your area, that's that's even better. <laughs> so ask for a meeting. Just ask for a meeting. And most of the time, we do the meetings on Zoom. But if you have, if you're, you know, near enough, if you're flexible, you can go and actually meet with a person in person. I That's always the best. So here's what our whole climate reality project wants every person to do, regardless of where you live. Remember that this is only reauthorized every five to seven years. The reason we put seven is that sometimes it's a five-year authorization, and it runs out September 30th of this year. But often what happens is they can't agree on the provisions. So they do a temporary extension to allow them to continue working on the bill. And I've been told that this year there will be another temporary extension. I don't know until when, but I know that it will not be voted on before September 30th, which gives us the month of September to contact our legislators. So this is the time to weigh in on the farm bill if you can contact the agricultural committee members, especially if they're from your state, um, if they aren't on the agricultural committee, still call them and have meetings so you can educate them because they do have to vote on this ultimately. And what 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 I've been told by several of their aides is that that more than or, or no, is it more than or almost fifty percent of the legislators have never voted on a farm bill before, and so so you know we've got a lot of educating to do here. Um, and then I would uh, suggest that you use these talking points, and I'm gonna the talking points will be in the resources section, but use them because they will help you through the phone call. I'm just repeating what I said in the beginning. 
which is that um, the farm bill impacts more American lives than any other government program. So if there was ever going to be a time to try to fight for the environment, you know, th this is the time. We won't have any other big bills like this, uh, I don't think, in quite a while. I, I don't, I mean, we've already passed the IRA, we passed the Infrastructure Act. After the Farm Bill, we're not going to have a lot of chances to change policy for a while in in an area that we care a lot about. Uh, so I, I want to emphasize this historic opportunity. That That's what this is. Um, it need, regenerative agriculture needs to be put at the forefront. It, it needs the kind of coverage that you're trying to give it. And we need to build the political will that will change our food system because our agriculture system is our food system. You know, a lot of people think, oh, farms, what's that got to do with me? <laughs> you know, everyone eats. Everyone eats, right. <laughs> uh, and then I've put the names of all of us on the team, there are others, but the four of us who did the most work on the policy papers mm -hmm. um, so that if people wanted to be in contact with any of us, we'd be happy to help you. And we've even been offering lately to sit in on meetings that you set up with your legislators, if we, if we can do it, because we've got 30 chapters of the Climate Reality Project working on making legislative contacts right now. And that's, you know, maybe 30 states are covered, but not all states. And so the more people that we can, you know, incentivize to actually talk to their legislators, especially in September and I'd say even October, mm -hmm. that the more we can do that, the more chance we have to have an influence on them. Because I know they they do listen. We, we send them the policy recommendations before the meeting, and then we go over them at a high level. And they usually give you 30 minutes. You, that's all you get. Once in a while, it might run over, but, you know, to 40 minutes. But usually this is what their day is like. They're 30, 30, 30, 30 all day long. So you really have to have your ideas pretty clearly laid out so that you can get your recommendations in before your time is up. It's so easy to run out of time. So I don't know if uh, we have questions that, that I can answer, but I would be happy to do that if people would like further information. That's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. I just want to clarify one point when you were saying that you fill out the contact form asking for a meeting, they're going to email you back and then the person that contacts you is the recipient of the document that you send in advance of your meeting. Is that right? Usually. Okay. Um, although, well, thank you. You know, it's an important piece that I didn't mention. Usually there's somebody in the office who's just monitoring incoming contact forms. And that's not, that's often not the legislative aid to the congressperson. It's some, it's like a, a general administrative support person. Mm -hmm. So they funnel the contact forms to the various people. So what I do is I write in to the congressional representative because that that person, if I can get their email. And you know what we've been doing? We've been on this quest to get a spreadsheet with every legislative aide to every congressperson in the country. <laughs> they, don't, they don't post them on the website and they don't post their emails. 
So we're getting close. We've been working on it for eight months, but we're about there. We've, I think we may have, we may have them all by now. And that is wonderful because it tells you the legislative aid, the agricultural aid, if there is one. So you can then communicate directly with them. And that really helps. That's great. So you can send those documents to those emails. Yeah. And one thing that I learned, well, I didn't learn just one thing from you, but I learned, I've learned many things from you. But one important thing that I, that I found about creating these meetings is that the Climate Reality Project has an interesting approach um, in contacting a representative's office and mentioning the group affiliation and saying that, you know, you represent however many states or however many chapters of this organization. So that helps them feel uh, motivated to meet with you because although you may or may not be a direct constituent, you are representing a larger group of people in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I, I let me just say, though, it, it is not always the case that they will meet with you if you're not a constituent. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say... I've used that argument. I represent 30 chapters mm -hmm. of the Regenerative Agriculture Coalition, and, and this is across the country. And I, you know, said that that kind of uh, thing to in all my letters that I send, on my emails. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say I get responses that are in the affirmative about 50% of the time. And then 50% of the time, they don't write back. So usually after three weeks, I write them again and I send a copy of the two, of the documents again. And I say, perhaps this got lost in your email. I'm still interested in meeting with you since I know that the voting on this won't occur until later in the year. And we represent hundreds of people, thousands of people who have an interest in the farm bill. Could you please consider 30 minutes with me? And I get some responses to that one. Sometimes people will just say, oh, yeah, I get, it got lost or, you know, I did see it, but I was busy, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's harder for them to turn you down when you can, if you write them a second time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll tell you, if they're, if you're a constituent, they will get back to you. So if you don't want to go roaming around the country talking to congressmen from other places, Start with your own, you know, because they uh, they're the most, you know, close to you. They they know your vote matters. They we have never had a turn down from a congressman uh, staff who, who is in our in our district and other members of the climate of the uh, regenerative ag coalition say the same thing. They always get those meetings. And what I don't know is, you know, how many states are still uncovered. We're, we're only going to call the legislators, we, the Chicago chapter and the Denver chapter that are leading this coalition, we're only going to call the states that nobody is representing right now. Other than that, we're saying to people, call your own legislators. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the, for example, we here in Illinois, we've got 17 uh, um, representatives on the Ag Committee just from Illinois. Yeah. You know, so it's quite a job to get to them all. And you may, if you're from a big state, a populous state, you would have a lot of phone calls to make just sticking with your own area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so 
yeah, I, I think that your subject, your recommendation is right on target. I've been learning a lot and I'm really grateful for all of the information and encouragement that you're sharing. Um, I think that it's so important to know that you do have a voice and to know what to do to use your voice, something we don't talk enough about. So I really appreciate you sharing this information so generously. Oh, I'm, I'm really enjoying the opportunity to talk to people. I guess I just want to say one more time, don't don't be uptight about calling a legislator if you've never done it before. They're just another person who is working for the congressman and they're eager to learn. And I've never had a bad conversation, even if they don't agree with you. And I've had some of those. Don't think that, oh, well, I, I'm not used to working on policy. I can't talk to my legislator. You can. They're they're just people. And a lot of them don't have the information that you're ready to share. So you're helping. Yeah, you're helping them. That's how I think of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm a good information source. That's right. And a nice person to talk to. <laughs> yeah, well that's I try to be. <laughs> I try to be. I try to I try to be somebody they want to talk to, yeah. We've gotta somehow find a way to get all the members of the house that are democratic to vote for conservation, growth, and climate smart stuff. And we've got to find a way to sway five to 10 Republicans. Mm -hmm. When you think of it as a whole, it sounds overwhelming. But when you think of it in terms of numbers of people, it's not that many. Mm -hmm. So I've been telling myself that in order to remain motivated. (laughs) Right. We only need five to 10. (laughs) Yep. So I need And, and, you know, of course, we don't have the lobbying strength of the agrochemical industry, but, you know, we still haven't given up. I mean, that, that's the most important thing is just not to not to throw up your hands. <laughs> and some of the recommendations just don't seem political to me at all. They just seem like common sense, good ideas. I agree. Like not having a conflict between crop insurance, getting getting crop insurance discounts. In doing conservation, why should there be, you know, why should there be a conflict? You know, that's that's the sort of thing that I'm feeling like we need to talk about. Something that isn't as, um, it's not like we're saying we, we need billions of new dollars for everything that we want. So that's why I'm trying to think of the recommendations that are substantive and obvious, but not extremely costly. And I always talk about the profitability of these farms because, you know, you can't argue with a farmer who's got a profitable farm and say you're doing something wrong. If you got a profitable farm that isn't hurting the environment and the food is better, yeah, what else can you ask for? Right. So I've seen farmers who are quite open to these discussions. It's the legislators that get stuck in a corner, in my corner or your corner. We know from the research that the more fertilizers farmers use, and they're very expensive, and the more fertilizers they use, the worse the soil gets and the more they have to use. So they have this escalating cost. And then the fertilizer runs off and into streams and rivers and into the ocean, et cetera. So they not only pay more, but they lose huge amounts of it into streams and rivers. So uh, it's pretty hard to lobby like this with such huge interests on the other side. But I don't know. I do feel like this message is starting to get through. I think so. Thank you so much. You're so accomplished and you do so much. And 
I'm I'm soaking it up and learning so much that I just had no idea about. So well, you know what? Four years ago, I didn't either. You know, because my career was in um, the world of edu- higher education, and I you know spent my life as CEO of a nonprofit that worked on workforce development and adult learning and careers and so on. And I didn't put my full time into the climate movement until four plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it is full time <laughs> because there's so much to be done. No. <laughs> it's probably overtime now. <laughs> yeah, it is true yeah. because you know everything around us is falling apart. So you want to try to do what you can, you know. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm really glad that this is my where I'm de- going to devote the rest of my life to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> really glad. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time today so much. You too. You too. (laughs) On our website, kinderpublic.com, you'll find the Talking Points document, links to resources, and much more information, as well as a full transcript. This episode is also available as a captioned video with the full slide presentation, on our YouTube channel, where we are at Kinder Public. We're here to do this together, so you can always reach out to your local Climate Reality Project chapter or the contacts at the Chicago Metro chapter that Pamela shared if you want to find some support. We at Kinder Public are also making calls to legislators, and we'd love to hear how it's going for you. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We are at Kinder Public. You can also email podcast at kinderpublic.com and share updates or other information about the accessibility of public space. If you have enjoyed an episode of Towards a Kinder Public, we would love your help in sharing the episode with others. Please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps us make our topics more visible, and we really appreciate your support. I'm Kevin Castle. My guest has been Pamela Tate chair of campaigns of the Climate Reality Project Chicago Metro Chapter. Have a very good week.